How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We even got Jesse working for two stations now. Oh, Every day at 5 o'clock, Jesse's over there in yeah, studio. Yeah, come get your Disneyland tickets from me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, man. hey, it's, it's it's good, but hey, boy, we got <laughs> hey, we got some things. Oh man, hey, we talked to some people last week. We got some things lined up. That's just gonna make the distance even crazier. It's gonna be even crazy when when if this go through the way it should go through, the way yeah. I think it's gonna go through. It's yeah. gonna get just just forget about it. <laughs> just forget about it. <laughs> it's gonna look more like. <laughs> What does it look like in red, though? Can we do it in red next time? <laughs> if Charlie has us pulled up at his desktop, one, he's probably laughing his ass <laughs> off, too. Uh, maybe we can get Charlie to put this in red now. Um, Chris Biederman going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we mentioned this a few moments ago. I'll, I'll repeat it because it's been an interesting hour. Um even more interesting when we were t- when we were talking about blackface. No, I don't think it was more interesting than that because that it's definitely been a week. That conversation <laughs> covered blackface and homosexuality and hip hop. That's a that's a that, that's a wild first hour and sixteen minutes of the show. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that 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 story is not slowing down at all. No. It's getting way worse. No, I hate that about hip hop. They've got to chill with that. Yeah. Um. The Kings aren't going to fall out of the top 10. I think that's, you know, you, you, you said this, it bears repeating. The Kings are going to have an opportunity to get into the postseason, whether it's finishing top six or through um, the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. The top 10 teams are pretty set. Um, 
the Kings are seven clear of the Jazz right now. The Warriors, who I think are in the ninth spot now after last night. Oh, they might be in the tenth spot because the Lakers won too. Uh, they're clear of the Jazz by five. So the Lakers and Warriors are clear of the Jazz by five. But I said earlier this week, well, yeah, we're not, not, not quite ready to put the Lakers and Golden State uh, into the conversation with Sacramento, Dallas, New Orleans, so on. It's getting about that time, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting about that time. Golden State is on a tear right now. They're playing terrific. And the Lakers are playing well. Um, Dodged the bull last night, boy. I was watching in and out. That was. Please. Please. <laughs> bro, I was rooting for Jordan Poole. Something <laughs> tough last night. Something now, tough. Now it just makes me sad to watch Jordan Poole. I mean, he had, a good, he had a good night, though. Well, he well, did, but the overtime got. Yeah, that, that wasn't good. The overtime was bad. That wasn't good. Uh, yeah, I was a I was a big Wizards fan um, last night, but it, it 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 went to Lakers like big big night from AD and and LeBron LeBron I I you know Charlie and I as we wrapped up our our because Charlie never leaves no uh, as we wrapped up our work on KSFM we were talking about LeBron going for forty thousand I said you know I look up to see what LeBron wore because if he wore a black suit into the night's game he was he, he's he's going for he's going to get forty thousand tonight. Uh, he didn't. He got pretty damn close. He'll hit forty thousand tomorrow. Uh, I think they take on the Denver. Yeah, Nuggets National on ABC. TV. Yeah, uh, he'll he'll get the forty thousand there. And I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a stop the game moment. I'm not. I'm not really sure what that is. It's never happened before. Yeah. There's there's certainly historical significance to it. I think you probably just put up a graphic for it. You already broke the record. I They're going to want the ball. Yeah, I would yeah. Think. I think I think maybe not in the middle of the game, but on the on the the following commercial break, you know, you know how it goes sometimes. Like they call a timeout, you go to your huddle, all this other stuff. As they come out of the huddle, the the LeBron scores table, became the, yeah, they give him the ball. He raises it up to the to the crowd. Off the top of your head, in Denver, I think it's in L.A. Oh no, I I don't think that's what's happening. I think they'll stop. Yeah, in L.A. Yeah, I think they'll and, stop. And like when he scores the bucket, yeah, I don't know if they'll stop when he scores the bucket. I think it's going to be on the first stoppage of play, like first the the next commercial, and coming out of the commercial, they'll announce it. Standing ovation, first player ever to score forty thousand. Yeah, it's not like Michael Malone's going to call timeout right there just to <laughs> right. acquiesce to everybody. You think that record's eventually yeah. become maybe unbreakable if he plays three more years? Because he has the way he's playing. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't yeah. really slowed down, like it at least could. for a normal a normal player. Yeah, it, I, it absolutely could. Like what if he gets to forty five thousand or something? I don't I, even know if that's too crazy to get there, but I can't imagine. Somebody else having the career that LeBron has. KD had. is the closest, right? Probably. And I think he's at twenty eight thousand. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I mean I'm just thinking of the 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 kids Reese plays against right now. Like I can't imagine somebody having this career again. I don't think I'll ever see this. So I ever I, we've again. probably had this discussion before. And this is this is where you have to be careful with what you're seeing now versus what you see at thirty eight. 39 mm-hmm. and in my opinion 40 and potentially 41 mm-hmm. if he wants to is Luca. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine Luca playing like this right. at 40. And to be fair, I'm not I'm, I'm I did, that came across the wrong way. I'm not trying to make a Luca joke. No. I can't imagine anyone playing this way at the age of 40. Right. The numbers of like um uh, uh points per game for players like 38, 39, 40 years, it's like 8, 9, 10. Mm-hmm. LeBron's 20-something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't – I just don't see somebody doing this. 
this is this feels like a a one of one career. You know what I mean? Like we uh, people people talk. Hey, he might, hey, he might be. I got to really sit down and think about that. Uh, I got to really sit down and think about that. But but people have talked about before. He absolutely has had the greatest career of anybody to ever play. So there's no. Okay, I'll, 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 I'm I'm gonna say it. I think I know the answer. <sighs> there's no conversation that LeBron James is the most valuable player of the league. No, no, there's nine seed. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's a, a hard stop once okay. you start looking at the standings. Okay. All right, what's he doing this year, though? For argument's sake, uh, twenty-five. Uh, let me let me round up a little bit. Twenty-five, eight. Excuse me. 25, 7, and 8. Look at that fall off. <laughs> Usually 8 and 8. Right? Now it's 7 and 8. It's, man, that's incredible. Man, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's having a hell of a season for sure. Right? Especially all things considered, you know, his age, all this other stuff. Like he, he's, oh, this is fun. He's still having a great season. This is fun. There's a, probably a much easier way I could do this. Chris Peterman is going to join us in a minute. We, and we're, we're, he, he's in Minnesota, obviously. We're going to talk uh, Kings basketball uh, with our man Chris Peterman, who's done a great job on, on these road trips this season, uh, him and J.A. Uh, flying out to these different spots. I'm going to try to do this in an easier way. Here we go. So outside of his rookie year, 20.9, outside of his rookie year, what do you think is the least amount of points LeBron James has averaged in a season? 26. I think it's this year. Well, yeah, besides not counting this year, I'll go 26. It's not this year. Wow. 25.0 is the least amount he averaged, and that was in the 2021 season. Hmm. This year is second, as we just said. That's 25.3. Uh, of course, the most he averaged um, was 31.4 in the 05-06 season. Uh, he's averaged 30-plus points per game three times. And that's the, that's, the, that's the other thing when we talk about the scoring record. I think that Luka is a, is a perfect example. Shea could be hitting a stretch where he becomes an example of this as well. Guys are going to average 30 points per game in, in, in the league because, you know, if you read Tim Bontemps, the league's broken. <laughs> Guys are going to average 30 points per game for, like, LeBron has done it three times. He averaged 29.7 mm-hmm. one year, but he's done, he's done it three times, 30 plus three times. Guys are going to do it, like, nine times mm-hmm. and ten times. It's just what happens after that. Mm-hmm. That's the question. Like, because LeBron James again is in season twenty-one, right? And, and he it, doesn't miss a lot of time. No, and, and, and you're right. Like, what happens after that? But also, who wants to play that long? Like, I can't see Luca wanting to play twenty years yeah. in the NBA. Good point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I like we haven't sun charter territory. Maybe mm-hmm. he's the leader of the new wave, but he's either, he's even far surpassed. His peers, the Wades, the, yeah. the Carmelos, and yeah. everything. Like he's think about those guys as last year. Yeah, yeah. Melo didn't even get to Melo didn't even get to retire. Right. LeBron's also unique in the fact he never really had any like true big injuries or whatever. He never even yeah. missed really like two weeks at a time or whatever. Work, like, he's man. always just and been that's around. Gotta, that's got to be credited to him in the mm-hmm. way that he works. 
Uh, let's come back. Chris Biederman joins us live from Minnesota. When dealing with Casey, we turn here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We are back here with our man Chris Biederman. Oh, Jesse, I don't know how to fix this. I think I broke it, Jesse. Oh, I got it. I got it. Everything's we fine. Back. No one, we no back. No one, no one, every, everyone's fine. Uh, Chris Biederman, uh, live in Minneapolis with us here. Uh, we were just talking road trips and cities there during the commercial break, man. Happy that you're with us. Uh, I asked your partner over on the Candlestick Chronicles, uh, Kyle Matson, about this earlier. I'll ask you. What's your concern level on a scale from 1 to 10 with Sacramento and how this season may turn out for them? I think it's relatively concerning. You you look at all of the teams that, you know, there's that um, bunch of teams that are in that sort of five through eight spots in the, in the West, and they're all separated by, what, two or three games. Um, the Kings over the last 10 are four and six, and among that group, that's that's the worst record. So, um, I think it's fair. Look, you got you got you, to to be concerned because you know you got De'Aaron Fox banged up. He's been banged up for for a significant portion of the season now. Whether it was ankles, his his ankle early on in the year, his shoulder sort of midway through the year, he talked about you know needing uh, needing some time during the All Star break to get that shoulder healed. And now he's dealing with the knee issue, and we'll see if he plays tonight. I, I saw him at shoot around. Um, I wouldn't say it looked promising, but it's it's kind of tough to to judge De'Aaron's gait because um, he's kind of got that old man run to him anyway, uh, even when he is fully healthy. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know if he's going to play again tonight, but obviously, you know, if you if you don't have him against Minnesota after what we saw Wednesday against Denver, 
that's pretty concerning. So, you know, for the Warriors, for the Warriors, for the for the Kings, like you really want to avoid being in the play in. You, you don't want to get LeBron James or Steph Curry potentially in, in a one game scenario. So it's a it's a tough stretch and, and it's another tough game tonight. So I, I think it's fair to, to be reasonably concerned. But um, we know this team can can play as well as anybody in the league on any given night. Um, it's just the inconsistencies that's that have been sort of costing them and have been the story throughout the season. So um, we have a frozen Biederman. Oh man, and, and and how fitting he's in the Twin Cities man. and he's froze. Oh, and you know the rules. We got to leave Biederman up on the screen, man. He yeah. just my man just froze everything, and he he's in, he froze in four K. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it, it, like it James didn't get all uh, you know uh, pixely. Yeah, James yeah. is gonna be on dial up for like forty five <laughs> minutes later on and solid, not freeze. It's a solid freeze right here too. Looking out the Minnesota windows out <laughs> yeah. there, probably looking yeah. nice weather. Yeah, some. probably looking at Prince's house. Like who knows? <laughs> and yeah, just a. Just a tough look as our as our uh, as our man froze damn. here, and I and I have a I have a follow up for him because you know he 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 said he, not sure whether it really looked promising, but it's it's hard to tell with De'Aaron mm-hmm. at, at shoot around. I'm curious, like, well, what did it look like the other the other day? Yeah, because yeah, when 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 Biederman said he was a full go at um a full go at uh, warm ups and yeah, I I I thought oh he's. He's good. Uh, Biederman is thawed out. He's back with us. Um, <laughs> you, you, I, I had just told the guys, but you, you said you weren't really, uh, may not really be promising for De'Aaron. What did you think when you saw him the other night in Denver? Because when you tweeted that uh, he was a full participant, we were on the air. I was like, oh, he's he, he, he going to play. And so I was really surprised yeah. when you reported later on that he didn't or wouldn't. Yeah, um, it's hard to say. Like he, uh, he, like like I said, he's he's kind of got that old man gait to him, even when he's healthy. So he's he's kind of got that herky jerky. Um, but he didn't look great at, at shoot around today. Um, and and it's kind of similar. Like he was, like you said, he was a full participant Wednesday, and then ended up not playing. Um, and and that was decided on a roughly an hour before the game on Wednesday. Um, so I haven't gotten to talk to him yet. I, I tried to talk to him at shoot around. Uh, that didn't happen, so we'll we'll find out again today. Um, but it, I, I didn't think he looked great today. Um, mm. Just be, being honest, but maybe maybe he feels better. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to him before the game today, hopefully, and and get a better feel for it. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll find out. Did you um, did you did you think on Wednesday that the Kings had a chance to win before that game without De'Aaron Fox? Because I I, I asked that because. <laughs> A lot of people seem to be um, like they're they're just like oh man Wednesday was so alarming or whatever like this is this is super concerning and if you ask probably everybody before the game like hey Fox isn't playing you think they're gonna win they'd probably say no so like what was it the fact that they were leading and they lost the lead so quick and then they got blown out that was alarming I I don't know I think me and Damian were the only ones that just kind of came away from that saying it was just a loss, you move on to the next game. Everybody else seemed to think it was a um, it was a reprimandum on what this team is going to do for the rest of the season. Did you feel that way? No, I, I didn't because I thought the Nuggets played really, really well. And you, and you look at the stretch that they've been on recently um, since the Kings went to Denver and beat them in the last game before the All-Star break. They've been – 
the best team in basketball and look like they're in championship form. And frankly, that looked like championship type basketball that they played against Sacramento in the second and third quarters of that game. And it also happened to come when Darren Fox was sidelined. So um, if, you know, if, if you're wondering whether or not the Kings can beat the Nuggets in a playoff series, then I think, then I think it was alarming just given how good the Nuggets are. It's, it's less about the Kings. Um, but after the game, there were pretty clear signs of frustration in the locker room. And, and I wrote about it a little bit for the B, like Kevin Herter had mentioned, you know, I asked him about the second and third quarter and what went wrong. And he said, you know, I wish I was out there more. And and Kevin is usually pretty measured in, um, in what he says. And it was, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to follow up with him yet, but it was an admission that he wasn't exactly happy with his minutes in, in that scenario. And and I've talked to him earlier in the year and he said, you know, this year is a roller coaster and um, obviously his numbers have been inconsistent. He, he lost his, his starting spot. Uh, I think it was late December through, you know, five games in early January. Um, he's obviously been mentioned in trade rumors. And then, you know, I, I talked to Demonis Sabonis on, on Wednesday after the game and, and he said he didn't think they had good coverages um, and he, he didn't really elaborate you know, defensively. He didn't really elaborate on whether or not that was a coaching thing or an execution thing. Um, but the guys were, were, were pretty frustrated with, with how it went. It wasn't one of those, uh, yeah, we were, we were shorthanded against the defending champs. That was, that was kind of to be expected. There was, there was a lot of frustration in that locker room, I thought. And, um, and I'm curious to follow up with the, with the guys on it today. Um, but that, that to me, like, we've seen the Kings, the vibes have been good, right? Like since Mike Brown has gotten here, the vibes have been overwhelmingly positive throughout the vast majority of, of, you know, his year and a half here. Um, but I wonder if there, if things don't go their way down the stretch here, if, if that's going to be something to worry about from a locker room perspective, or if, if this team has enough, you know, physical or so, um, emotional resolve to, to handle something like that. I, I can't front. That gives me a little, um, of confidence is the word. Mm. I, I, I that makes me feel a little good about tonight's game. That the they fact, didn't just yeah, like oh, it's just another game. They were kind yeah. Of off the fact that they and 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 Domas kind of said something post game. He talked about the guys being measured. I, I, it, of course, he said it to you um, about we could have done a little bit better with our our game plans uh, for some of their key guys, I, indicating like mm-hmm. this whole thing was off a little bit against Denver the other night. And, you know, we could talk about the Kevin Herter stuff in a minute, but given the fact that those guys were really upset following that game, that actually gives me a, a, a little a little confidence that they'll they know that te- they, they know that this is another really tall task ahead of them. And they're not willing to lie down for it just because Minnesota's the top or a top team in the Western Conference. Yeah, because I think that's a good point. And, and you look at some of the disappointing losses that they've had, um, you know, they when they lose to, you know, like Detroit, like obviously they're frustrated, but it never really felt they, they, it's kind of been like, Oh, it's one of one of 82, right. It's these things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the NBA. You, you got to play well against everybody there. There hasn't been a feeling that this team, at least from my perspective, that this team is like really upset about any of those losses that they've had. And I do think if you wanted to, to, you know, sort of spin it positively, you could say, all right, it's good to see them being emotional about losing at this point, because I I think they, I don't know if it's a leadership thing. Like De'Aaron Fox is not an overly emotional dude. I mean, we see him, we see him get emotional on the court now and again, but like when he's talking to us in the locker room, 
he's definitely not the type who who gets overly emotional or, or who reacts too high or too low one way or another. Um, and you know that I think the Kings overall, the the team kind of reflects that. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think for them to show emotion after losing is a little bit of a change. And to your point, probably a positive one because they, you know, they they have around the same record that they had last year. Obviously, last year went a lot better for them given where they were in the standings. But now, you know, they're they're really fighting for their lives in terms of trying to get a top six seed and avoid and avoiding the play-in. So I, I do think you can make a case that it's good for them to feel emotional um, after losing a game like they did Wednesday against Denver because you know these games really matter. This is this is a really important stretch. Obviously, there's those are important opponents in the Western Conference to play. And uh, and given that, you know, these other teams that they're grouped up with are starting to play better, including the teams behind them and the Lakers and the Warriors um, who are in that, those nice ninth and tenth spots, it's a, it's a really important time for, for them to, to get it together. Hey, Chris, the schedule is the schedule. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I've said for a while now, I don't think a lot enough maybe has been made about what the Kings have had to deal with the last two months, the way the schedule is broken for them. Not a lot of home games, a lot of long road trips. Um, when they get home, it's usually like they came off a seven-game home uh, road trip, they're home for two games, and then they got to go out for another three or four games. And it's going to balance out a little bit here in March. And I think that is going to be the time to make the move. If I was being um, – if I was plotting this out a little bit, like, hey, keep your head above water in that tough January and February because it gets a little murky, not home a lot or whatever. Keep your head above water. Put yourself in position to really make that run in March when they, they I think 15 of their last 24 games are at home, I think it is. Um, and that's where they're at. That's what they've done. You know, people may not like it. I don't like it. But, hey, you kept your head above water. And now you got to the point where you're in a situation where you, I don't want to say control your own destiny, but you do in these final games with a lot of home games coming up. Yeah, I would agree. Like you look at the January and February schedule, there was, I think it was a five game road trip with two at home. And then they went out on the road for seven more. Um, And, you know, this trip there, after this trip, they're currently on. They only have two more trips where they play more than one road game uh, on each trip, right? So they have they have two East Coast swings, um, and it's all basically all West Coast road games or just home games for the rest of the way. So yeah, it's an opportunity for them, and and it's an opportunity for them to to play, I think, with more force at home. Like you know, they they've let far too many teams, particularly bad teams and or teams, you know, missing their top guys come onto their home floor and outplay them. Um, and so having, having a stretch where you do have a lot of home games allows you to get into a rhythm, um, allows you to play with more force and, and allows you to sort of solidify where, where you're going to be in the standings to, to your point. I think it's a great one that like they, they have an opportunity and, and they know that like, regardless of how tonight goes, you know, you have a you have a winnable game on Monday against Chicago. You have a trip to play the Lakers, which is going to be a really important game, given that right now you're only separated by a game and a half. Right. Um, but, yeah, they need to take advantage of what of what they have with the schedule. Um, and I think one of the frustrating things about them for, for this season is that, you know, they haven't really done that. It doesn't feel like, it, you know, as loud as Golden One Center is and, and as good as, uh, of an atmosphere as it is, 
um, it doesn't feel like teams are all that worried about coming in and, and playing there. And and I think that's um, that that speaks to just I, I don't know, like the Kings have talked about it over and over again, that sometimes they feel like they can just kind of cruise to, to wins at home and, and it, it'll come back to bite them. But they'll have an opportunity now with all these home games to, to get it right. And uh, and they're going to have to take advantage. Chris, why do you think they haven't been able to take advantage of these moments this season? It feels like you know there's been a lot of up, ups and downs with with Sacramento this year. I, I think it's urgency. Like when they play, like I think about that Clipper game. Um, what was it Sunday? Right. That felt like the most urgency that they've played with. Um, and when I say urgency, how that manifests is like physicality on defense, um, getting out to three point shooters not not getting burned by by you know dribblers to the lane where the defense has to collapse and then you leave shooters out open on the perimeter um i think it's i think it's just kind of an urgency thing and i think the kings know that they can score um but sometimes and and i think it's just in the back of their head that you know we're going to go on a run here at some point so you know we're we're going to score at some point and i think that just the league's too good to have that mindset you just have to have that that mindset where you have to bring every minute you're on the floor of, of every game. And Mike Brown talked about it last year. Like and I've said it to you guys a bunch of times, but I think it's probably the most important thing that Mike Brown said is that, you know, it's easy to go from bad to good. It's really hard to go from good to great. And that's the battle the Kings are fighting right now because going from good to great is about consistency. And he's talked about it with Aaron Fox. He's talked about it um, with his roster as a whole. It's just the consistency to play the defense with the intensity and the physicality game in and game out that you need to, to win games um, is really been this team's biggest issue. And I, I think it's, it's kind of as simple as that. And I don't know what switch you have to flip to, to improve that. I think that's one of the more confounding things about this team is that, you know, it's been talked about the answers in front of everybody, but, but they just haven't really done it on a consistent basis. And until they do, it doesn't, it, it feels like this is kind of going to be where they are. Um, as long as the Western Conference continues to, to be as form- formidable as it is. Do you um, – what do you feel about this team? Do you think they can get into that top six? Do you think I think they, they can. Nah, see, I knew you were going to say that. Do you think they will get into the top six? So I think they will. Um, I mean, if they're, if they're healthy, uh, that's tough. Uh, I – I would need to do a dive on on the rest of the schedule, but I mean they should. Like they 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 honestly should. They, De'Aaron Fox. You know I think Kevin Herter. Uh, he went on the the Point Forward podcast. I was watching that clip before I came on with you guys, saying that De'Aaron Fox is a top three point guard in the league. I, I agree with him. Um, I think you know what Demonis Sabonis brings them offensively is obviously you know he's he's one of the most important offensive players in the league. When you just look to the value to his team relative to you know, what the team does and what the team relies on. Um, but, you know, can can you get a consistent stretch from Keegan Murray where he's scoring 20 points a game for weeks on end, right? Can you get a consistent stretch from Malik Monk where, you know, it's, it's 15, 20 points nightly instead of, you know, 25, 30, and then six the next night, right? Like it's, they're, they're just so many players outside of Fox um, just are kind of riding this roller coaster of a season, and you haven't gotten all of them sort of firing on all cylinders at once. And and maybe that'll come. And if that comes, the Kings are a really, really hard team to beat. Um, when they have the full, you know, when you get when you're getting 
Trey Lyles hitting four threes off the bench and Malik Monk scoring 20 points and running pick and rolls with Domas. And you're getting, you know, double digits in the fourth quarter from Fox. Like the Kings are just really, really difficult to beat no matter how they're playing defensively. Um, but offensively, it's been a little bit uneven. And, and you have, I would say, three, four, five guys that you can point to that have kind of had roller coaster seasons offensively. And I think that that's that's a serious issue in terms of how you look at them and in terms of getting to the six seed. So right now, I would say, you know, I, I would lean no just because of how how thick that grouping is in, in the West that the, everyone they're contending with. And you have teams that have won playoff series um, where the Kings are still trying to find their footing and do that this year. Um, so, you know, not to be like Debbie Downer, but I, I just, it's hard given, given what I saw and maybe, maybe my opinions colored too much by, you know, the heat game, uh, on Monday and then the Denver game Wednesday. Um, but for right now, I would say it's, it's looking difficult, but if they go on a run where they win five straight games, maybe I changed my mind. You mentioned Keegan Murray there a minute ago. We talked, uh, quite a bit throughout the week, um, about Keegan's second year. How would you evaluate you've been covering this team for two years now how would you evaluate Keegan Murray's second year you definitely see flashes of of a like growth in his game growth and evolution in his game right like last year he was mostly used as as a spot-up shooter and and I think that's one of the transitions that the Kings have been making this year is they're relying on Keegan to be more of a secondary playmaker to be a driver to use a mid-range game um, and the cost of that has kind of been to Kevin Herter, right? Because Kevin Herter was getting a lot of dribble handoff stuff, a lot of um, a lot of pick and rolls with Sabonis, and now Herter is sort of the guy that um, that is on the other end of Keegan Murray getting more opportunities on offense, and that's that's one of the transitions the Kings are going through overall. Um, but I would say Keegan, it, it's the flashes have definitely been there. Um, and his his game is far more well rounded offensively than it was, and and I think that that all goes back to summer league, and that was the main talk, talking point when when Keegan was playing really well in summer league for those two games, three games, whatever it was. But I would say the consistency is the thing, right? Like when when you don't have De'Aaron Fox Wednesday in Denver, you look at the first quarter and you say, oh, Keegan's aggressive. Like maybe if Keegan, you know, if Keegan scores thirty or forty points here and and is hot from three, like this, maybe the Kings can make this a game and make up for what they're missing without De'Aaron Fox. And then after the the first quarter, it just kind of goes away. And so I think that's that's really the next big challenge for Keegan is how can he adjust when he's the focal point of a team's defense, right? Because Denver's a really really good defensive team, and they don't really have any weaknesses defensively. We talk about Jokic a little bit, but he's not. He's not the defensive liability he was earlier in his career. Um, but when you're playing a really good team in a high leverage situation, can Keegan Murray be a go-to scorer? Um, because, you know, Mike Brown said it over and over again, that's what the Kings need to take that next step. And you see signs of it, but you haven't seen it. Um, you haven't seen it for any extended period. And I think, I think you know, Keegan's – I'm optimistic about Keegan getting there. I just think maybe right now when he's, what, 22 years old, it might be tough to get that from him at this point in his career, but next year, the year after that, um, I could definitely see Keegan evolving into that secondary score that pushes the Kings to a different level. Um, because right now, you know, even uh, Sabonis scores plenty, but he's not a guy who can create his own offense when you know De'Aaron Fox is taken out of a player. De'Aaron Fox isn't playing right, so that's what the Kings need from Keegan. I think he's shown signs of 
his game evolving and improving, but it hasn't been there to the point that the Kings need it just yet. Last question for me. Do you do you look at this situation with Kevin Herter? And we, we've said a number of different times on here they need Kevin Herter to do what they want to do. Do you see the relationship or the up-and-down nature of playing time? And do you see that changing between Kevin and Mike Brown? Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, I think it starts defensively, right? Because it's it feels like whenever Kevin Herter is taken out of a game and and just kind of relegated to the bench, it's because he's Mike Brown is going to a better defensive option, whether it's Chris Duarte or you know Kessler Edwards even. Um, so if Kevin Herter improves his play defensively, that will allow him to get more opportunities to stay on the court, unlike Wednesday where he had a turnover, he missed a couple free throws, um, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and then you know sat the was taken out with eight minutes left in the third quarter and didn't go back into the game. Um, and in part, obviously, Mike Brown emptied the bench in the fourth quarter, so that's that's obviously part yeah. of that. But um, I, it's tough. I, I think Herter's had one of those difficult seasons where the expectations last year were so high, given um, how well he played in spurts and given how important his shooting was to to the offense, and. F- for him to kind of I don't know if taking a back seat is the right way to put it but to be on the other side of them saying to Keegan Murray all right you're going to take more more offensive responsibility and and Kevin's going to be more of the spot up shooter now um he's just a rhythm player and he struggled to get in rhythm all year and I think you know I think the trade deadline stuff and all the rumors and all the discussion I, I think that got to him and and you know, I haven't heard that specifically, but to you know, talking to Kevin and have him say this season's been a roller coaster for him emotionally, you know, reading between the lines, that that's kind of what, that's kind of where where my head goes is that like you're part of you know you see your your offensive role um, get get sort of limited after having a really good season last year. You're mentioned in all these trade rumors. They end up keeping you and not dealing you. Um, but you're still going to be in all those trade rumors in the offseason, and, and he might see the writing on the wall long-term potentially. Um, but he's very much a rhythm player, and he's talked about how difficult it's been for him to get in a rhythm this year. Um, and, you know, until that changes, and I think for him to get in a rhythm, he's going to have to improve defensively to get those opportunities to play in a rhythm, right? So um, that's that's where I think his focus needs to come because he's the type of shooter who can get hot um, really at any moment and if he if he really focuses on defense and plays well defensively then Mike Brown might be willing to stick with him more and then those shooting numbers could potentially come back up for him the, 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 real quick the crazy thing about Mike Brown playing it that way is it almost never works yeah <laughs> like you're like oh I'm gonna teach him a lesson and go with a better defensive line yeah. you don't win and it doesn't make harder better mm-hmm. so what are we really doing it's frustrating yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And it's definitely something, you know, Mike, Mike Brown spoke last night um, before the players did. And obviously, had I had I gotten, you know, had I spoken to Herter and then Mike Brown, I would have asked him about that. And and I plan on asking him about it tonight and see, you know, I'll see what he says. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, you know, I think when it comes to progression in the NBA, it's never quite linear, right? Like it's easy to look back and see the team, the Kings be a three seed last year and just assume, all right, they're, they're going to be better next year because they're a young team and they'll, they'll have, you know, more time together, but the West got a lot better. And, you know, the Kings have had to deal with some injuries, whether it's Fox or, um, you know, and, and 
and other things like it's it's just hard to continuously ride that same trajectory and and i think the kings are learning that and uh, i think ultimately they'll be better for it long term but right now i think they're definitely in one of those difficult stretches to be fair to Herger, it's perfectly okay to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like the season that he's had dating oh, back yeah. to training camp and all yeah. of that stuff. Like it's, but, but we said, and, and I think our frustration lies with, you, we said at the trade deadline, or excuse me, not the trade deadline, um, the all-star break. Mm-hmm. One of the most important components to the rest of this stretch, Chris, is they've got a, Mike and Kevin, whatever's going on, or has been going on. Those two need to get on the same page because, like Casey, like we need Kevin Herter to be a certain type of player for the Kings to get where they want to go. And now we're like three games into this, and Chris is right. The, the context is important. Like Mike didn't play anyone. He played Domas long enough to get a rebound. Right. He didn't play anyone in the fourth quarter, but it felt like Herter kind of was already out. Right. And yeah. it's like, yeah. nah, this is not what this. Is, we do not need this. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why Malik Monk works with Mike Brown is because Malik will go right at Mike, yeah. right? Like Malik will go at Mike and they have enough respect to where, you know, they they might be yelling at each other during a game, but then they'll talk about it afterwards and hammer it out. And, and that dynamic is, is healthy. And if you talk to Malik about it, he'll say, yeah, I love Mike, but like, we'll yell at each other, but it's all good. I don't know that Kevin and Mike have that, have that same rapport. And I don't know that Kevin's built that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know if maybe he should yell at Mike or, or if he should go at Mike the same way Malik does. I don't know that that's necessarily in his personality, but I I think that's, that's one of the stark, stark differences between those two guys is Malik will go right back at you where Kevin, you know, might not take to the hard lessons in the, in the same way. Great stuff, Chris. We know you got a long night ahead, man. Thanks for carving out Mm -hmm. uh, a pretty good amount of time with us, man. We really appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Sorry about this uh, hotel Wi-Fi. Oh, man, it was great. Just just, just one little hiccup, nice little reset, and you're back in 4K, man. It was perfect. Perfect, man. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Likewise. That's our man Chris Biederman right there. Also, you know, we obviously talk Kings basketball there, but uh, 49er fans, make sure you're following Candlestick Chronicles. Uh, they got a great uh, YouTube page, too. Those guys go they, live once they in a do. while. They do. I told Kyle earlier. I'm, I'm still not. No, it's no, I'm not for, 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 it's there's for, nothing personal. I, you know, it still downloads on my uh, Apple Podcast, you know, area or the Odyssey yeah. Podcast as well. But I, I ah, I'm not there yet. That was a good not catch. There. That was a good catch. You were about to get. I, our, listen, you, I look. You was about be, to get. You was about to get our ass kicked. Hey, I ain't got no problem with Stacy Kaufman. Ain't heard D'Lo and KC in in, in two years, <laughs> but she tuned in the second KC said <laughs> Apple Podcast. I, I ain't got no problem with the Odyssey uh, Odyssey app. There's nothing wrong with it. Work, it works fine for me. I enjoy yeah, it. I'm putting all my podcasts on there. I'll be having my ears to the street on there. Yeah, you do have it's your ears to the street. You too can have your ears to the street if you download the Odyssey app. That's a great way to listen to D'Lo and Casey on 102.5 as well. I know Drew yeah. Down does it a lot. Drew Down, we appreciate yeah. you, bro. Um, uh, shout out to Russell. Like Russell doesn't know this. We can see when Russell's calling. Russell's trying to win. <laughs> Russell, I could see uh, when Manny's calling. I know, you know, because you know, depending on what like is on your caller ID, we could see when 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 like the chatty house crew is trying to win tickets. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be damn like I swear, Russ is caller number six or you know five or six damn near every day. <laughs> salute to, to salute to Russell. I know he's out there uh, listening to us, man. We appreciate you. Um, we're just going to keep going, obviously, uh, Jesse. Um, I wish the Kevin Herter thing was different because I do feel like it's, it's lingering a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully 
it's not something that lingers too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it's not something that lingers into tonight. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway from that conversation with Chris Biederman, and I did not catch this in his writing, uh, was what he said about the locker room following the Denver game. Mm. That's to me, to as a Kings fan, that's fantastic. Yeah, because sometimes as fans think, oh, players don't believe in scheduled losses, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't. Like they believe they can win every game that they go play. Mm-hmm. And the fact that because Domas's remarks did stick out a little bit to me, but I didn't really think anything of it when he said you know I think we could have game planned a little bit better we could have been a little bit more I, he said the top guys I think he was talking about Jamal Murray Jamal Murray had himself a night like he just an incredibly efficient like 30 something points or whatever that he had mm-hmm. the fact that those guys were pissed off in the locker room mm-hmm. hey, that's a win yeah man that's a win in my opinion I, I and you hope it, it's a win in that you hope it carries over tonight absolutely and it, it feeds into what we've talked about since probably the Pistons losses, it feels like there's a sense of urgency yeah. with these guys. Yeah, um, I don't think that's gone because they lost to Denver or because no, they lost to Miami. No, I don't think so either. And to be honest with you, that that like you just said, there's no schedule losses for these players. They go out there, they feel like if they execute a certain way, if they do certain things, that they can win the game. There's no, oh, we don't have Fox or it's a tough game on the road. They're feeling that way. But to be honest with you, it might be in the back of their head, like we've been saying, just get through this game. Get through this game, and our time to make a move will start on Monday because we have the home games coming up. We have um, – really, really, that's what it is. It's not even like, oh, below 500 or whatever. No. This will be at home for most of March. That's going to be our time to make a move. Well, not just that. I mean, beating you—you you, you need wins, mm-hmm. right? But some of the wins are more valuable than others. Mm-hmm. You need to beat Chicago just because of where Chicago's at, and that's tough. It doesn't go well for Sacramento when you say you need to beat somebody. They got the Lakers Wednesday. That's a big game, man. It's it—it's it, huge, <laughs> yo. It's huge, and you, you talk about Lakers games, Pelicans games, Suns games, Mavericks games. Mm-hmm. Those games carry a lot of weight right now. Yeah. Does Mike Brown need to figure it out, or does Kevin Herter? Mike Brown. Yes, both. I think both of them need to. I think Mike Brown needs to figure it out. Kevin Herter is doing what Kevin Herter does, and, and, I, and well, I, I don't feel like no, he's not trying. I, 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 you're right, but I disagree to a certain extent because we've seen Kevin Herter, maybe, and maybe he can't do this against everybody. Mm-hmm. We've seen Kevin Herter play. I don't think it's a stretch to say he's played good defense mm-hmm. at points. It, I'm not going to say at points during the season, but I'll say in games. Like, we, we've come in here after games and say, hey, Herter was getting after it defensively. Mm-hmm. The effort's there at least. I don't know what, like, I don't know what, I don't know if triggers is the right word. I don't know what causes that. He's capable, and I don't know if it's a pep talk. I don't, I, you know, Mike has to know what Kevin responds to. Mm-hmm. And whatever button that is, he needs to push it. Yeah. And And again, it could be the skill set of who he's guarding. Maybe he can't do that against everybody. Uh-huh. But I think there's more players than we're giving him credit for that he could be active with. Shoot, go back to Miami. Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys who was who was active, uh, getting deflections, absolutely, you know, all that other stuff, absolutely. And 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 the reason why I say Mike more than Herder is because you, have, if you're Mike Brown, you have to know 
Kevin Herter's he's he's trying, he works hard, but he, he's just not gonna be able to do that every single every single night. And those nights when he doesn't have it, the nights when um he he's not doing maybe what you want him to do on the defensive end. Instead of messing around with his playing time, maybe that's a conversation. Mm. But you've got to be able to you gotta be able to take the good with the bad if you're Mike Brown in that situation and say for the greater good, I can't take you out of this game. Mm-hmm. I can't I'm with you. you know, have you playing five minutes in the second half or whatever the case may be. Yep. And we lose. Like that's the whole other thing. That's that's the thing that really gets me. Do whatever you need to do, you know what I mean, to win the game. But too many times he's messed with Kevin Herter's minutes, his production and all this other stuff, and it comes in a loss. Mm-hmm. It's like, well what what is this what is this helping? We accomplish nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're going to Duarte or any of those other guys and it's it's yielding results, then it's a lot more um up to Kevin Herter to be like, hey, if you want to be a part of this, you gotta change your game because we're we're winning here. you know, without without you, if need be. But when you're not, I think that's when Mike has to just be like, All right, well when are we winning? We're winning usually when Kevin Herter's playing well. Yeah. I need to um have a longer leash to let us to try to get to that spot where Kevin Hart is playing well, then essentially we're playing well. It's kind of like a pros and cons thing or like kind of like what has more of an impact? Because I get Kevin Herter's defense might not be great, but is his offense more impactful than, say, Chris Duarte's defense would be because that's why you're subbing him in? Like what has more of an impact? Like can you live with Kevin Herter's – maybe he's not great on defense that night, but he's putting up buckets and all. Like what's going to have more of an impact? What's going to help you out more? Herter's buckets. So – I agree, but I also think Mike is kind of hoping Chris Duarte will hit shots. Yeah, but it's like what game? No, 50, I know. Like, like I, I know. know. I know what you're saying. But it's like, Mike, but work with us here. Like no. we're game 55, and I don't know what's happening. I know, but like he hit some shots. You know, and I don't want to call it garbage time. Yeah. He hit some against shots Denver. against Denver, and like you, okay, dude can make baskets, yeah. right? But it feels like in those moments where like Mike's like, all right, I'm gonna go with Duarte. It doesn't, like in the second quarter, mm-hmm. in a four-point game, it it doesn't feel like those baskets fall a lot. Like you could probably name the games where it's like, oh, Duarte had a big impact in that game. There's not very many of them. Well, and to be fair to Duarte, in my opinion, I thought he's he's played well. He's, he's sure. played well since he came back from his ankle injury. That spans five games or something like that maybe. He's played well. He hasn't played well enough where it's like you need to – Swap him and Herter's minutes out. Right, you know he's played well enough to to get a look and to steal some minutes um, during games, but not where it's like, all right, this is the option. Now we got we got Duarte here. Like we don't need Herter to. Nah, 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 nah. I haven't seen that. Well, because you can look at Kevin's numbers too and be like, oh, like well, he's not putting up, I'm like producing or whatever. But it's like he's not getting the chances. He's getting cut off like just instantly. He's that 15 minute mark. Sometimes he'll get to 25 maybe or whatever, but he's not getting an opportunity. Shooters got to shoot the ball, like they, in order to get mm-hmm. out of something. They got to let the ball fly, like, and he's yeah. not getting that chance. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, he's not. Uh, Michael says clearly he, Mike Brown, pushed the wrong buttons from the start of training camp. He put doubt in his head instead of building him up. Players respond differently, and he, Kevin, is not a guy that threats work. Uh, I think Michael's right. Mm. I think this is. Uh, I think the whole Kevin Herter situation has been a bit of a misstep mm-hmm. for Mike Brown this year. I don't fault Mike or Monty or anyone for wanting to see, you know, what Chris Duarte can do for you. Mm -hmm. I think there had to have been, and I don't know, I'm 
dumb radio show host. I, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what that is, but I feel like there had to be a better way than what Mike did. Well, that's the thing. Like you could have worked him into the rotation. You could have done virtually anything other than saying, "Oh, I'm going to start him." Yeah, because everyone everyone needs to be coached differently in a sense right. where it's like everyone right. responds differently to different things. Like mm-hmm. how I respond might be different than Kenny or whatever. Like right. you just got to know that as your coach, what's going to work? Because you could probably still implement like Duarte or like figure it out, but there's a way to do it, like you said. Yeah, Kenny's the most chill dude. You don't even know what he's responding to. You just like he like takes it all in. Well, yeah, because he's like oh, Jim from. That's that's. All right, I'm that's sorry. My like, yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, hold on. That's Wait, who's Jim? That's no. It's hold on. Not, let me no, get this out the you way. You didn't even catch it. Look at that. Yeah. I just told, I just put my hands in the air. <laughs> I just I just that's that's on me. Yeah, Jim from me. the office. There's an episode. Say? There's an episode in the office where Pam is like, yeah, you don't really yell, but you, you exclaim. exclaim. Like that's yeah, you. You don't really yeah. yell or anything like that. Well, he got pissed off once, and boy, did things start happening after that. That's facts. But. Poor BDX kind of got lit up on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? What's the next move? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. No, Kenny was not here for the nonsense. <laughs> I almost had one of those moments uh, yesterday morning. <laughs> we were in the other <laughs> So what are we doing here? Why, why, does this, why does this happen? It's a Monday meeting just to be some. We'll come back. <laughs> Steelo and Casey. Uh, brought to you by Sky River Casino. Much more Kings coverage ahead here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.